Welcome to the Wellcast. The world has a lot to say. We're bringing a biblical perspective to those conversations. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Wellcast. It's me, Melissa Denisi, here with my co-host... Jordan Hope. That's me. And um, we have a special guest with us today who is going to talk to us about the practice of sharing your story, and that is Miss Shauna Wisely. Welcome to Wellcast. Shauna, don't you think that uh, Melissa has like a radio voice? 100%. Do I? I, oh, Oh, I always thought I had that chipmunk voice you know that what? real high squeaky yeah you know you don't no. like your own voice fast forward voice yeah, yeah. I, I don't like fast that forward voice, voice. But yeah it said that way uh well i mean i think we're all horrified by our own voices when that we is hear true. Them, right? yes. yeah. i feel like i have like congested nose voice no Oof, i do I but like. because i had a cold a while but you back. actually mm-hmm. have a congested yeah mm-hmm. have you guys ever used a neti pot so, people yes. keep telling was, me to you've never used a neti pot no your wife is so granola. How have you not used a neti pot? I don't know. It seems... Uh, I'm sorry, seems everyone. I was trying dangerous. to transition us before we got to more booger talk. Yeah. But it got away from me there. It got away from me. I don't know. I saw a video of somebody using like a nasal cleanse on a baby. Oh, and a massive I like, was like, gooey... My kid won't even let me like wipe their face. Oh, yeah. How do you get your baby to do this? It's a robot. Yeah. It was AI. A computer. It was AI. <laughs> it wasn't it's a real baby. It's not real. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, I mean, we do have an actual point to this podcast. We I do. And it has nothing to do with that. But today we're going to talk about sharing our story. And so, yes, Shauna is here to do that, a little bit about this practice. But before we get into the practice, we want to hear about you. So will you share a little bit about yourself who are you? Shana? Which can sound kind of confusing. We're not asking for your story yet. Mm. Yeah, don't tell us your we whole story. We are asking, uh, you know, if you're like going to introduce yourself to somebody, how would you introduce yourself? Mm. What do you do? What do you like? I was born on a dark and stormy night. <laughs> oh, there we go. she's self-involved. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. <laughs> no, um, gosh, how would I introduce myself? I mean... Uh, I get to work here at the well. I am the women's director of our Regen Ministries, which is our discipleship ministry disguised, cleverly disguised as a 12-step recovery Yes, we ministry. talked about that with Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonderful. And I've been doing that. I've been doing that for nine years. Wow. On staff for seven. Okay. Um, and in recovery for 13 years, somewhere around there. Um, I have two kids. Um, I've been married to my husband, Sean, Rashawn and Shauna. I've been married for 21 years. My admin is Shayna. Yeah. She's our admin right now too. Yeah. And I just, I don't know if I'm like more of a dad than ever. And I'm just constantly calling her Shauna and she's my admin. I think it's because you and Just I are closer with, hey friends. You. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, well, there's these two names that are very similar to each other, so they're just the same name now. Yeah. <laughs> One time we went I can't to be Watermark, bothered. And we took some of our coaches, you know, back to the mothership of Watermark, who launched the Regen curriculum originally. Yeah, shout out. And we out. had Shauna, Shana, Casey, and Cassie. No. Oh, yeah. We once had two leaders that was Tyler married to Tyler. Yikes. And that made it easier, to be honest. Yeah. Tyler's. It's like, there's the Tylers, but not Casey and, what is it, Cassie? Cassie yeah. Nah. <laughs> nah. That's fake. Nah. <laughs> You're not real. 
It's real. I know them both. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Well, anyways. Okay, so introduce so yourself. That Sean and Shauna. Not married for twenty one years. <laughs> not Shana. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess what what else do you want to know? Like, what do you like to do for fun? Um, I love to go kayaking. I really it sounds so lame, but like I just love to like be with my people. And I have a small tribe of oh. ladies. I was like, um, frogs? <laughs> Fish? Wait, is this kayaking? <laughs> uh, the like, storks in the river? I, I just really get a lot of life out of just like unstructured time. And I didn't I did not mean this as a transition. Did but you go with a friend yesterday? No. What was yesterday? No, I met with my um, co-leaders of my life. Okay, I talked to somebody who knows you who went kayaking yesterday, so I was wondering. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. I haven't actually gone kayaking in a little while, but um, this is one of my favorite things. So, like, kayaking is an expression of just being with a buddy. Really, okay. honestly. Like, yeah. I, I have a friend who likes to go, and she likes to, like, power through. And I'm like, oh, that's not really why no, I'm here. we're not You're here the for the process. That. Yeah, like, I went to the gym earlier today. Yeah. This yeah. is really just about, like, cruising on the water. We would do, I would totally do that to Jamie. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we're getting to the other side. <laughs> and then eventually I'm just like doing it. And she's like, <laughs> ahead, laying all the way there. back. Yeah. 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 No, I just really like being with my people. Like I have a, I have a small circle and that I can really just kind of let down my guards. And, um, it doesn't have to be something serious that we're talking about. Even it can just be like being silly, but it's just really life giving to me and mm. um, really fills my cup. Does that mean your love language is quality time? Yeah, I think yeah. it is. Yeah. Aww. That's my love language. And too. words of affirmation, which sounds really like, I don't know, indulgent, I Tell guess. me how wonderful <laughs> it is. <Dang>. Yes, <laughs> it's so embarrassing. <laughs> well, thank you for spending this quality time with us. Yes. Maybe I hope we'll, you feel loved. Maybe we'll have me. some words yeah. of affirmation as we go through this time. Well, spread. I love both of you, so I love spending And you time like to swim, you. don't you? I, I spent some time swimming. I haven't done it in a little while because oh. I swam masters. So it's like 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., which is real early. Which for a Why is season it called of masters? Because uh, we're masterful. I don't know. Oh, it's like a group. Yeah, it's like oh, a group. Okay. Like, um, like, it's like adult swim. We're obviously like, not in the swim. <laughs> <laughs> we're like At first pretending I was like, like we swim know. for masters the university? Masters, the no. college. <laughs> Good job. Master's degree in swimming. I'm going to leave that there. (laughs) Leave all of that there. Man. No. No, I don't. Well, uh, thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself. And uh, I think by way of transition, let's just spend a little bit of quality time Mm -hmm. (laughs) talking about story. And uh, we're in our foundational practices series where we're talking about, along with our entire church and anybody Mm -hmm. who's listening in, (laughs) uh, hey, what are the foundational practices of the faith that lead us closer and closer to Christ and uh, point others to him. So, you know, today we're talking about story. Yep. And what is the power of story? What would you guys say, like, why is story powerful? Why is your story powerful or just story in general? Yeah. Well, first I think of the verse that's centered in this practice. Um always be ready to give a defense of the hope that is within you, right? Mm-hmm. First Peter 3, 15. I think yeah, this nailed is going it. Going off my yeah. my mom memory. So yikes. Somewhere in there in First Peter. Usually you hear that as like a how to defend the faith or apologetics, but it's really about um, that that personal picture of how Christ has mm-hmm. transformed you and, and given you hope in your life. So 
being able to share that journey with other people along with maybe they need truth, facts, logic, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but seeing that, no, really the gospel has changed me and is changing me and this is how sets a lot of people free. So, and we, we thought about you joining us because we know you've had a lot of practice sharing your story. You've seen this. Yeah, the recovery world's full of sharing your story. You get right? to see yeah. this every week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think like when I think of story, I mean, God put it on display in scripture first. Like there's a reason that the scriptures which God superintended and preserved for us are not just a list of propositional truth. Uh, they are story. They are poetic. Uh, he put together a story of his grand plan of redemptive history, and he teaches through that. And um, but I mean, the majority of your Bible is story, right? And God, I think you know that touches on the heart. That touches on a different side of a person than if you were to just simply con- constantly communicate truths in a list or a propositional manner. And so I think God's programmed us to respond to story. That's why movies and plays and all these things, they really touch our soul. Mm -hmm. And uh, even if we don't always know how to identify the main um, sort of idea or the message, we know when something's powerful. Mm. And so uh, I think that is always a indication of like, oh, this is touching my soul. Like it, it elicits a response in me, even when I don't know what it's about. And then uh, the cool thing with the Christian story and that we're going to talk about today is you can you can very purposefully share your story so that people do know and it is revelatory of who God is um, through that. So yeah, I think story is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, based on that, I guess, would you be willing to just give us a snapshot of your story? And then I think our goal would just be, hey, let's unpack it. And let's share with other people what we heard and then how that they can they can walk in that themselves. Love it. Yeah, I'm just a, a couple of thoughts before we yeah, hop right sure. into that. I think that story is um, is such a powerful thing because it's so layered for one. Like even in scripture, like story is so layered, right? And it's meant to it's meant to like bring us back to different things. And um, I think that's how we get to know each other and that's how we give get as believers we get to give permission to those people that are still in hiding to whatever degree to be able to come out of hiding because it's the mm. only way we find freedom in Christ right is to bring our whole selves to him yeah yeah and as believers if we're able to go first and to say those hard things and how they pointed us to Jesus that gives hope to the person who's like well, yeah, but I thought if anybody knew this about me, that it would cancel me out. Yep. Um, When it actually does the opposite. Yeah. To me, story is an act of hospitality. Yeah. It's you being open to invite somebody else to, Mm -hmm. I'm going to share mine, you can share yours. Mm -hmm. This is safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The domino effect. Yeah. 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 So I grew up a, um, a Christian sort of, of sorts. I would have always identified as a Christian. Um, I invited Jesus into my heart when I was, I don't know, seven. And, um, but I grew up in a really religious, um, like legalistic kind of a faith. Um, and like, I knew that Jesus had died for my sin, that he rose again to, um, and, but that I kind of had like a skewed view of grace that would kind of, that would tend to follow me throughout my journey with the Lord. So um, 
you know, and then I, I kind of grew in my faith to know like a more, uh, a better, more clear, more biblical definition of grace, that it is unearned, that it's unmerited favor. Um, whereas I kind of approach um, God as one who's just sort of waiting for me to mess up, mm. you know, who like died and rose again so that I could accept that initial grace, but then like really make sure I stay on the straight and narrow, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I began to grow in my faith um, through high school and um, and even through like early college years of like knowing that like, no, actually nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. And to grow in my relationship with Jesus is to um, get a, a clearer picture of myself, which is not pretty, you know, mm-hmm. like there are parts of my heart that are unsurrendered. And as I journey with the Lord, more and more of that is revealed and illuminated and um, I think, I mean, I've come to like several sort of end of my ropes in my relationship with the Lord. One of them leading me to recovery initially, you know, it was um, uh, some things in our marriage that had come to light. And I had spent so much of my adult life. And, you know, at this point, we've been married for several years and I've got a couple of kids in the house. And um, I just remember, I actually just wrote, gave my testimony the other night at Regen, so it's all pretty fresh, but I remember saying like to the Lord, like, Lord, I don't know if I can do this again. Hmm. I don't know if I can forgive again. I don't know if I can pull it together again. And it was all like me, 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 me. Yeah. You know, just bringing so much of my own power and my own strength to do these supernatural things. Like forgiveness is a supernatural act. And to be able to, to try to do that in my own strength was really just, every time I would say I forgave, what I wasn't aware of was the pile of resentments that were accumulating. Mm. And so then when I came to that end of myself, I so clearly felt the Holy Spirit tell me like, hey, we can continue to do this. Or you could decide to trust me with your heart and just see what I do. Mm. And I feel like that was a real raw deal. I'm like, this does not feel like an actual choice. It's one of those choices where you give your kids like, hey, do you want the apple or the banana? Yeah. And like both, they're like, I, I want the cookie. Like, yeah. Well, that's not on the table. Yeah. Um, it felt like one of those choices where I'm like, well, okay, I well, guess. Did you have <laughs> like examples of forgiveness or non-forgiveness growing up? It sounded like it was pretty rigid. Yeah. I think a lot of my ideas about forgiveness were like forgive and forget. Like you just need to move on. You, It's in the past. What's in the past is in the past. And we just move on from here. And so going through Regen, I learned what biblical forgiveness is, that it's not forgetting, that God doesn't forget, um, that it's not pretending like everything's okay or that mm-hmm. there wasn't a wrong that occurred, that like we do like recognize like, hey, this was damaging and I might need to place a boundary here. I might need to say like, hey, trust has been shattered, right? What can we do if we're in a committed relationship to one another, what's a friendship or you know, parents or spouse, what can we do to build trust? You know, and um, Dave, my my guru, um, hmm. he, he always says, like, um, trust is built when agreements are made and kept. And, man, that has, few things have rang, rung truer. Um, and so just, like, following that, um, like, really, forg- like, figuring out what forgiveness is. And then once that happened, um Because, you know, I grew up hearing, like, um, you know, if you don't forgive others, like, God won't forgive you. And I'm like, that's terrifying. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, so I would just say like, oh, I forgive you. Oh, I no, his you. grace is dependent on how well I forgive people. Yeah, oh. we are hosed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Um, but then like really coming to like a realization of like, oh, like I've been forgiven of so much. Like so, so much. And then mean like, okay, who am I to hold back forgiveness? Now it might mean a, a change of the relationship. It might mean a lot of different things, right? But, um, but yeah, and even like, I don't want to get off too much on the forgiveness tangent, but, um, I also don't want to let it go unsaid that like, like being positionally forgiven, um, or forgiving another person, um, but being tenderhearted towards them, mm. that's the catch, right? Cause I can forgive someone, but I will put them in a deep bucket of like untrustworthy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you're um, over here. You're not yeah, going to hurt me again. Yeah. Good luck climbing out of that bucket. Mm-hmm. It's real mm-hmm. deep. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, that's something that the Lord is still working out in me is like trusting him with that. But, um, but yeah, we, um, my family and I moved up from, uh, Fresno. The Lord has restored our marriage in some miraculous ways. And, um, okay. So you just said God restored your marriage. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what that looked like? How did that happen? Yeah, it was, I mean, it had to get real bad before it got good. Um, and that day that I felt like I mentioned the Lord kind of gave me that ultimatum, um, I had asked Sean to leave and, Mm. um, it was probably, it was the, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And, um, and then we started, gosh, that led to so many tender conversations with close friends that led to tender conversations with one another that led to a lot of therapy that led to going to, uh, even a secular recovery group together. Um, and we had this, we started to build this habit and, you know, he slowly, like we slowly started, you know, making agreements, keeping agreements, mm-hmm. building trust, moving boundaries, making agreements, keeping agreements, building trust and moving boundaries. And that looked, just to like give you like a Google street view of that looked like, um, sitting in our, like with this little outdoor, outdoor gazebo in, um, at our house in San Diego. And we would go to therapy or to recovery, whatever the day was, because it was weekly, like one of those things. Yeah. And we had little kids at the time and some friends would come and they would like put our, like read our kids stories and put them to bed for us. And they just like our community loved on us because they knew what was going on. Yeah. And then we would sit outside in the cool of the night, side by side, not eyeball to eyeball. We weren't ready for that yet. And we would talk about like, hey, this is what I learned about my childhood. This thing that I thought wasn't really relevant, man, I think that affected me more than I I realized. I think it's contributing to these behaviors. And oh, like you don't hear that sharp judge in your head because mm-hmm. I hear it all the time, you know. Because my part of the story that I was bringing to the table that I thought was totally normal, not even just normal, but like actually good, was like that I had high expectations, that I was full of judgment, that I was. Because I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm judging this because I want it to be better. And I want us to be better. That's a gift to my marriage. <laughs> like, yeah. Spoiler, it was not a gift. No. Yeah. <laughs> it made my husband feel like I was constantly picking him apart when that wasn't my heart at all. But just that, just knowing that and being able to like, oh, I just assumed this was common knowledge. And it's not. Yeah. So I hear you saying that. Part of this process of the Lord restoring your marriage was he started to work on you. 
100%. when you thought, oh, this is my husband's thing. I'm good. I can't believe it. And he started to show you. So even in your pain, he's starting to peel the onion back a little bit layer by layer. Yeah. I remember thinking like, oh, okay, so this is why I got here in this room of like recovery. Um, it is for sure not what will keep me here. And most of the things that I would talk about in that room were more related to my family of origin Interesting. than what was going on in my marriage. Right. And what did that teach you about God? Um, well, one, they taught me that because it was secular recovery at that point. So they, the real like overall message was you can't, but there's something bigger than you. And getting that sort of in balance um, secular recovery will say your higher power. For me, that was always God. Um, and I think what has the God, what God has continued to show me is even, um, you know, I got to lead the staff through, uh, regen this past season. And, um, even just over the last couple of years, like the Lord has really shown me that the simplicity of the sin in the garden is still what he is trying to root out in my life. Hmm. That that constant narrative of my way over his way whether it's like, okay, Lord, I know you say you're the God of all comfort, but really, like, this bag of Cheez-Its is really comforting. Mm-hmm. And, like, watching this series on Netflix, I, I'm like, oh, I, I, that feels really comforting. I'm going to choose that comfort over sitting with you in my anxious feelings right now. And he just began to show me, like, all these ways I seek out comfort in, like, food, in my phone, in, like, going to my friend's that I know will be like up in arms about whatever wrong I've been wronged oh, instead yeah. of being like, hey, well, what do you think God's trying to do? And mm-hmm. I didn't go to those friends. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but he's just showing me all these ways. I'm like, hey, I've got better for you. And you're choosing like, you know, to eat stale Wonder Bread when I've got like fresh baked sourdough yeah. for you. Yeah. So that process of recognizing through your recovery that there is something bigger that's going to help me led you back to that place of, Oh, the gospel at a point in time is for now, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long ago was that part of your story where you initially find something out, God starts working on you, peeling away on you? Um, where was that at? What time frame in your Gosh, life? That was probably, um, let's see, my youngest is 14 now, so 12 years ago. Wow. Okay, so yeah. tell me now. Mm-hmm. Um, how is Christ working in you mm-hmm. now? So oh that's gosh. that's then, mm-hmm. right? And knowing that that doesn't mean, oh, that was 12 years ago. Everything's tied in a bow now. So what does that part of your story look like? Jesus in your life now, the spirit in your life now. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, so much growth in so many areas. And it comes with like this realization that I will never be done this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. There will always be something, right? And um so currently, I think like the Lord is recovering me from like going to food for comfort. That's still an issue in my life. You know, um, the Lord is recovering me from um, codependency, you know, looking to like other people to to feel belonging, you know, um, things like that is are what he is uncovering now. Now, a lot of my initial like recovery issues were really tied to those root things we're just getting closer and closer to the roots. So, um, right. but on the other side, like um, my husband and I 
we share way more now than we did before. Um, conflict is still really hard for me, but I can enter in in a much healthier way. I can say like, hey, that really, it really hurts my trust of you when this happens. What's underneath that? Or, hey, I feel a little bit off. Are we okay? Mm -hmm. And I can have the courage to say those things because, one, we've weathered some storm together, but also because I know the cost of not doing that. Right. You know, so there is so much change. If I were to look back on the person that I am today versus the person that I was 20 years ago, man, I'm so much more quick to um, to feel my feelings and not be overwhelmed by them, not let them be the boss of me. Um, and I was not able to do that before. Hmm. I felt like, gosh, if I if if I feel this, it is going to overwhelm me, and I'm not sure if I can come back from it. Um, so just repress, repress, repress. And like the Lord has really taught me that um, that I can hold both, that I can have faith in Him, um, and also look at the reality of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes, when we talk about sharing your story, we talk about uh, like you kind of think like, oh, you know, like the formula of like, how did I come to know Jesus? And then, you know, like, what was that experience like? And then, and then nice, good mm -hmm. job. You can have this too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But what you just shared was, hey, that was uh, first <laughs> like a couple lines. Mm -hmm. And then now in the wake of life and all the things that happen, God's still redeeming. Mm -hmm. And you showed that like, hey, uh, the gospel at that point in time now needs to be embraced over time in your story and has to be believed not only in your own personal heart, but then it has to be believed in your marriage and it has to be believed in your friendships, in, the, in your relationship with food, mm -hmm. in like all these things as he dismantles your heart further and further and places it further in him. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, you know, I hope people saw that like you, you know, you can, you could have sat and told that story to somebody who's a non-believer and they, I think that's compelling. Mm. Um, and you could have told that story to a believer and it would be compelling, right? Right, Because they both see the redemption of God's work and both can connect that to real things in their lives. Yeah. Mm. And, it, and the supernatural power in that is you move towards someone who hurt you mm -hmm. when the world would say, uh-uh, you put up the barrier, put them in the bucket, you have every right to blah, 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 right? And instead, through God's grace, a picture of redemption that's greater than mm -hmm. strong-arming him or, or pushing him away, so. Yeah, and I think that same phrase that, like, God's way over my way mm -hmm. is where life is, that was true for me at the point in time, right? It right. was like, yes, this is this is this is good. Like to follow Jesus, to accept him as my my savior and my lord, and to give over my life and will. This is good. And also, this morning, hmm. when my alarm went off at 5 a.m. to go to the gym, because that is good for my health because that is good for my mental clarity, because that is fun to do that with my husband. I had to choose that over my way, which is laying in bed mm -hmm. and rushing out the door and feeling frazzled and not the best of myself, right? It's like even in those little tiny decisions, I have to boil it down of like, okay, this is either honoring my flesh, which is my way, 
or it's honoring the spirit of mm-hmm. God that lives in me, honoring God's way. Yeah. Yeah, we talked last time about like this idea that like you can many people trust in God for salvation, but lordship is another thing, right? Mm-hmm. When you hand over your whole life and when you say, okay, your way is better than mine and I don't understand, but I, I give it to you. And maybe even my will doesn't want to do this thing, but I give it to you, even my will. And uh, that's a process. And that's not, a, that's not an easy, that is a form of like amputation, suffering, difficulty that we face in lots of ways. Mm-hmm. And it's a, that is a way of talking about Jesus that really anybody can relate to. Mm-hmm. Like m- most people don't like doing what they don't want to do. Yeah. yeah, it's worship. It's an act of sacrificial worship a lot of mm-hmm. times. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When I think of die to self, I, rem- I misunderstood <sighs> that, you know, that passage or that illustration of dying to self and bearing your own cross, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that meant um, like a suffering or a thorn in the flesh. But when I really understood dying to self, Bearing, bearing your own, carrying your own cross meant crucifying your flesh. So putting to death those things that you maybe you do want to do. You do want to sleep in past your alarm. Okay, there's worse things to do than that, but, <laughs> right? But it is um, it's nailing, my most recent nailing, example. <laughs> I know what. Did, what did you choose though? Did you go to the gym today or the not? Gym. Okay, there yeah. you go. There yeah, you go. Yeah. yeah, but that dying to self actually involves crucifying your flesh, yeah. and that's where the the freedom and new life yeah, is found. But I feel, I thought, I, I think I, that always felt so like restrictive to me mm. growing up from like a really legalistic thing. Cause there wasn't a lot of payoff for a lot of that legalism, you know, oh, like yeah. I wore the dresses, check. I didn't wear makeup, check. I didn't cut my hair, but there wasn't a, I was like, man, this is kind of a drag. Yeah. And, um, but I think that's the, the lie of the enemy. Like every good lie has a little bit of truth in it. Mm-hmm. And, Man, what I was believing is that, like, I have to be miserable in order to follow Jesus. Mm. And really, by laying all those things down, that is where the real freedom is. By saying, like, yes, I'm going to give you my life, but all of it. And I'm going to seek to allow you to follow you in all of these ways. Man, that is where the real freedom is. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Yeah. To just be like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I made that decision a few years ago. I don't really go to church, though. Or I go, but I go. I leave before worship's over so I can get out of the parking lot real early. And I'm not really a part of a small group. I don't really do all that. Or, you know, um, man, there's so much life that you're missing out on. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if the enemy can't have our hearts completely, he will settle for just leaving us a little bit bound up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I well the sorry, but the uh, I mean the re the reason we talk about sharing your story is one we already talked about. Well, we really talked about both of them, right? There's um there is an invitation in your story to have to give to Christians, people who have claimed Christ, mm-hmm. to hey you know like look at what God's done, and He can do it in you too. Yeah, and look what He continues to do in me. And he can do it here too. Like come out of hiding um, or recognize that you're not alone or, you know, like God may be guiding those that who are, you know, locked in arm in arm with us by the way that we talk about what he's done in us. Uh, But then there's also those who don't know Jesus. 
And in everyday life, we are just rubbing elbows with people who uh, haven't experienced freedom in Christ or have never encountered uh, the gospel at a point in time. And so, you know, I remember, uh, I think it was two years ago, I was like, there are some students who are like, hey, we want to study Revelation. Will you guide us through it? And I was like, okay, <laughs> which version? <laughs> nice. And so we, uh, I mean, we walked through it. It was a really great experience. But I remember we got to Revelation 12, 11, well, chapter 12. And 12, 11 in particular, I remember I had this light bulb moment where he's talking about Satan being defeated and these evil forces being defeated by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Yes. And I remember being like, whoa, like God uses people's stories that he's done in them for his glory and to bring people to him and to defeat forces of evil. Yes. I was like, well, that's pretty powerful. And oftentimes we grow up in Christian circles being like, hey, your feelings or these things your that are subjective, your or, experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't tell me about experience. Tell me about truth. Mm-hmm, Don't tell mm-hmm. me about what you feel. Tell me about this piece of theology or doctrine. And we'll talk about that. But I don't think those are like opposing forces. Mm-hmm. And what I saw in that was like, look, blood of the lamb, that's just gospel. That's like, what did Jesus do right. for us? What is the blood of the lamb? What is his atoning work on the cross and through the grave? And then... Well, the word of the testimony is, here's what that did in me. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a lot less subjective and relative when you're talking about the like, hey, here's some absolute truths that you can see through the story of Jesus in me. Mm-hmm. And um, like whether that's redemption here or redemption all these times, or even just a segment of like, I felt like what we saw in you was probably more like, hey, I have experienced redemption and am experiencing redemption in my marriage, mm. in my family, and will continue to face hardships and redemption because I believe he's done it before he can do it more. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you and you hear in what hopefully people hear in my story is that I tried to control everything and everyone, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, what it did was it worked in the short term, but it made me lonely. It made me judgmental. It made me resentful. It led to death, you know. And even we see it all throughout the gospel, right? Like when Jesus like sees the Samaritan woman, like what did she do? She went and she told her story, mm-hmm. and she started stirring stuff up, you know. And, and many believed yes. because of her story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. she she couldn't keep it in. Yeah. And Why? Some guys because they, they saw with him. they saw yeah. her life. Her story was evidence of the yes. truth that he is the messiah yes right so she didn't need to testimony. go in with her theological doctrinal statement she went in going oh he knows everything it's real he, he knows about me, me. i know who i am yeah. yeah yeah her story is the evidence of what is true yeah she sat before them with a like abundant feast of here's my sin and he said he wants me yeah and they said whoa you let's go meet this guy <laughs> yeah yeah uh, like and yeah, because they mean, had it all too. They just didn't. He did. It wasn't public the way hers was. But if he could forgive her, yeah. everybody knew what she was doing. Then oh man, he could forgive me, right? Yeah, and I think like, I think most people think, okay, well, I need to learn how to share the gospel. Uh, yes, like please learn how to share the gospel. But I mean, 
most of the time, like you said from that first Peter verse, like we think, okay, like how do I make a defense and an argument for the faith? Mm -hmm. Man, I know a few people who are very gifted at that and I'm not one of them. <laughs> like, and, and it's I, important. I preach all the time mm -hmm. and I'm not some guy who's like, let's sit down and have this like scientific philosophical right. apologetics conversation. But what we can start with is a knowledge of what God has done in you the um, and the acceptance that like hey your story is not yours so when you know what god has done in you you can talk about that to other people yeah and you can put his works his glory on display through you as long as you're talking about him and what he's done in you like you are sharing the gospel yes you are yeah we belong to each other right our stories are for one another like our mm -hmm. stories are for us so that we can look back and we remember Oh, God was faithful then. He's going to be faithful again, even if it doesn't turn out like I want it to. Right. I know him to be faithful, and I know him to be the true way, right? But they're also, our stories are for each other to say, like, hey, like, you can continue to try to control everybody and everything in your life. I see you. I see, I see your exhaustion. Yeah. And as one who's spent mm -hmm. a lot of years trying to do that, hey, you can continue to go for it, but I will tell you when I started to work on the things in my circle, the things in my heart, when I started to turn those over to the Lord, there was something miraculous that happened and I saw my life differently. I saw freedom and I saw peace. And by the grace of God, he restored my marriage. That doesn't always happen. And I know that. But as I share that story with someone, I don't share that story to say like, do what I did so that your marriage will be restored. I share that story to say, man, I found peace and hope and restoration and my marriage was restored. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a powerful part of your story is I hear you sharing your suffering and your sin, mm -hmm. right? And so a lot of times in suffering, we are the victim and we're not looking at how we may have contributed 2%, right? Again, Dave, right? Yeah. We know it's more yeah. than 2%, but owning our 2% that the courage and the gift that God gave you to say, yes, this is hard, but mm -hmm. also daughter, mm -hmm. there's some stuff I want to root out in you yeah. too. So being able, we all mm -hmm. have sin, suffering. It's not yes. one or the other. There are We're different seasons, but it's both sinners and sufferers. Because we often sin out of our suffering mm -hmm. and suffer because of our sin, you know, yeah. and, or for, from sin done to us. And, for those close to us as we're seeking like re relational restoration, like to be able to see the suffer in the sin. And again, that doesn't mean that we pretend like it doesn't happen or uh -huh. we explain it away. Like none of that. Like our God doesn't do that. No. You know, he brings it to And This is why we share our story. Yeah. Because yeah. you have found that the suffering savior has wants to relieve your suffering mm -hmm. from sin. Yeah. And he wants to walk with you in your suffering so that you don't sin more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. And like he, yeah. I mean, you tell people because you know that, hey, here's, there's actually abundant life there. There's the living water. Mm -hmm. Like you, the recently I was just, and if you're anything like me, literally I'll tell like my leaders, like, hey, let, you are a signpost to Jesus for students. Mm -hmm. That's what you are. Like you're a terrible savior. Mm -hmm. and you're not going to argue anybody into faith. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, what you are is the goal of your relationship with the student is to point them to Jesus, the one who's always going to walk with them through anything. Mm -hmm. And if you're anything like me, it's kind of hard, even when you tell a little bit of your story, to just 
say it. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a people pleaser, if you're afraid of making them uncomfortable or like, ah, uh, but let me encourage you, like taking those risks bears incredible fruit. I was at the gym the other day and this guy who I've been talking with a lot just, you know, through workouts, he was like, he was like, man, like, you know, I saw an old picture of you because we became like Instagram friends. Mm. He's like, dude, you lost a lot of weight. I was like, yeah, dude, recovery is crazy, man. Mm. And it was like a little bit risky, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. and he's like, recovery, what do you mean? And so then it opened the door to be like, oh, yeah, man, like I had to decide whether or not I was going to seek comfort in food or comfort in Jesus. And, mm. you know, I don't always win that battle, but luckily for the last three years, I feel like I've been handing that over to God. And honestly, he's the only reason. And he was like, whoa, you know, and it wasn't uncomfortable. Yeah. We had a friendship. Yeah. and. He was just like blown away at the like. And but what I love about moment. that, Jordan, is that like, because as, as we're sharing this, like I also want people to hear that like you don't have to manipulate your story to point people to Jesus either. That's the other side of the fixer mm-hmm. is like, oh, I'm going to tell them this part of my story in this way so that they will see their own sin and <laughs> come to Jesus. It's like, no, 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 that's that's just a, a like a a Jesus-y way of like trying to manipulate and control a situation. Yeah. But you shared your experience, whether or not he could relate to it or not, but because the thing that he can relate to is looking to something else other than the Lord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think you guys both just shared sort of different versions of your story too, Mm -hmm. right? So it's walking in wisdom, walking in the spirit to go, now's the time to say the word recovery. Mm -hmm. You didn't come out of the gate with five points of why Jesus is, right? (laughs) Which do it if that's what he's telling you to yeah. do. Yeah. But both of you shared a piece of your story that pointed back to him and gave yeah. the open door to share how he redeemed that in my life. Yeah, which what's also crazy, my gym is hilarious. It's like, it's pretty tight knit. But like, there's this lady who's like wacky and older and she literally constantly goes up to me. And she's like, I've been reading the Bible. What's up with this? Oh, yeah. And se- I love it. Love <laughs> and several it. times like, I've been like, okay, I can choose to actually enter in yeah. and be like, here's what this means and here's what I, I think God could be telling you through this. Or I could just be like, uh, you know, what's your number? Like, let me just shoot you this website where you can translate it for you. But I said, I just, I have to choose to be inconvenienced mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if it is an inconvenience or be blessed by the fact that like I'm, like I'm able to actually in this moment share a piece of God's story with her through his word and hopefully connect it to Jesus in a meaningful way. Yeah. And let me just reassure you too, if I really like messed it up in that moment and maybe I was not feeling it or maybe I was in a bad mood that day, God wants you to, mm-hmm. but he doesn't need you. Mm-hmm. And he'll give you a lot more opportunities. Yeah. yeah. And so I would just say, you know, it is a joy to share our story because walking with Christ is a joy. And so please don't do it out of the, like, don't listen to this and be like, oh, great. Like, you know, I suck. One more thing. Um, That's not what we're saying at all. Right. We're saying like, hey, if you haven't reflected on what God's done in your life in an explicit way, do so. And from that place, let's just brag on him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's let other people know hey, here's what he's done in me. Here's what he is doing in the world, mm-hmm. which is my story is a microcosm of God's whole redemptive story. Mm-hmm. Um, and every one of believers is, which is he brings dead things back to life. He makes all things new mm-hmm. and he continues to do so. 
man, point him to Jesus. Yeah. And trust that you may be, it may be your story, somebody else's story, a third person's story, but that fourth person is the one that gets to see the fruit of yeah. the light bulbs on. My yeah. eyes are open, right? So you're just doing your part. You're tilling the soil or you're planting the seed or watering or whatever. And sometimes you get to reap the harvest when you share your story and the person goes, now I see, yeah. now I get it. Not always. So you share out of obedience, not yeah. based on, yeah, I got another one who understood today. Well, the other day I was listening yeah. to a Jesus podcast and I was in Costco and truthfully, I did not want to be bothered. That's why I had my headphones in. What's a Jesus podcast? He has a podcast? It's just, no, I didn't want to plug another podcast on our podcast. Oh, I so got I, it. Okay, okay. Jesus, I'm like, it, Jesus has a podcast. It, yeah, it's really what are we good. Doing? I got the invite. You didn't. I I was listening to a Christian podcast and uh, somebody, just a nice lady was like, what are you listening to? No way. And I was like, and I just looked at her and I was like, sorry, I just pointed at my thing. I didn't say I was on the phone, but I definitely implied something was happening that I didn't want to. uh, This is confessional. I had the opportunity to be like, oh, this is a Christian thing that it's like, so I tell this revealing story to let you know we don't get it right. No. Not everyone gets it right all the time. And sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes you don't know what to say. Um, just be faithful with, with what he gives you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think back to like what you were saying about like if you've never written out your story, um, I think that is such a gift to like us too. Like the like mm-hmm. our to look back on our lives and be like, wow. I had I never noticed how God showed up for me in all these ways. Yeah, it not only is it encouraging potentially to others, but it's encouraging to us because it could feel like homework. Like, oh, I've got to like learn how to share my story so that people will come to Jesus. <laughs> but like, to Eeyore. your point, of, like, <laughs> Jesus doesn't need you. Yeah. to do that. Like he's he's got this. Mm-hmm. He's been calling people long before you came around. Yeah, but it's so encouraging to our own walk and our own journey with the Lord to see like oh, that wasn't coincidence. Or this lesson he taught me over here in this season, gosh, it served me so well as like these life circumstances came up, you know? Or man, this verse I couldn't get out of my head for six months really came to fruition. Then that next year, wow. Right, right. you're seeing He really has work. been yeah. walking mm-hmm. with me mm-hmm. intimately. Well, we need, uh, we, that's a great place to end. And uh, with an encouragement, what, what if you just took like 10 to 15 minutes this week, wrote your story, and did and wrote it from the perspective that God is the main character and that he is the one, Jesus is the one who your story points toward. And um, and then do that and talk with a friend about it. Yeah. You know, uh, even if they're a believer, ask them what they think about it, if what, what that does in them. And uh, I think that's a great place to start. Love that. Sweet. So if you guys haven't followed, if you haven't shared with a friend, please do so. We want to keep uh, doing this Wellcast thing. And Shauna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is always so, so fun. And um, to do with you guys is so, like, just sweet. Yeah, we appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wellcast. As always, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about us. For more information about the Well Community Church, visit thewellcommunity.org.